All right, I'm Dan, and welcome to the. I'm Dan. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> and welcome to the Stage Fright Podcast. Today is part two, talking to Grace Loveless. I know vocally, I'm right for it. I mm-hmm. know dramatically, I'm right for it. But I feel like I don't quite fit in this mold of classical singers. We talk about not making every show a monumental event. And now I'm much better at just going, that was what it was, and that's okay. Grace talks about the difficulties of performing these pieces in front of an audience that will be wanting to hear every original detail. And then if that's the case, then you may as well listen to the original recording, if that's yeah. what people want to hear. Or just read the score to and hear it in your head perfectly (laughs) we talk a bit about grace's podcast um yeah um it's uh it's god it's nothing like yours why well because yours is all professional (laughs) it's it's not (laughs) and how doing her podcast helps it just gives us a chance to reflect actually on how far we've come it gives you that kind of analysis that you sort of need to do and we also talk about what it's like to work with grant bloody sharky was it good oh it's brilliant cool thank you very much thanks for coming (laughs) (laughs) you're listening to the stage fright podcast here's part two of grace loveless how do you think about your performances after you've performed on stage so i used to be so when i was first learning opera every performance was really monumental and i had a really Mm -hmm. good coach who's a friend actually and he said like you you know it needs to not be so monumental you really need to like make less of everything you're doing really? yeah which i think was really good it was really good advice every time i came to open my mouth i was thinking oh. actually mark was saying this it's like his anxiety came from what people thought of thought him. of him yeah and every panel i sang for and every audition i gave and every performance i gave i'd be i'd sometimes be distracted by what are those people in the front row thinking of yeah. what I'm doing? And now I'm much better at just going, that was what it was. Like, and that's okay. Yeah. Because that's what it, that's what it yeah. was. Yeah. Okay. I see <laughs> what you mean. Yeah. And I'm really like, I'm really funny about people filming or recording my performances. Yeah. Not because I care, not at all because I care how it will look or sound afterwards, but because we've shared something so unique yeah. Yeah. and intimate. And I just feel like you can't, get that back and no one can you need it to be there yeah you can't show someone this video and no, get and the capture. same no. get the same effect yeah though i saw a guy one of my favorite singers uh, a guy called joe pug and he played in this little church in london it's just him a double bass player and a guitarist and then the last song he, he they played he said look can we can everyone just put the phones away yeah and we'll just have this moment like between us I and love he came that. into the crowd and just him played this song and it was such a good moment and yeah. i remember that i remember that moment more than the rest of the game yeah you see it's, God, it's crazy. I, love, I love that because i do i'd like my performance is not just my performance I mean, that would be rubbish it has to be the audience as well has to be whatever they're giving back to me yeah they're part of it their energy is feeding into whatever i deliver yeah of course as an opera singer how would you get work how would work come in for you god it's interesting isn't it okay so let's be clear like i'm not singing at la scala i'm not singing at the met i'm not singing at covent garden yeah if you want to say um like what people think an opera singer what they do and then the realities of it well i think there's sort of like tiers aren't there of jobs and and that is like top tier if i had an agent that was getting me these auditions for la scala covent garden the met those are just my go-tos yeah. um those auditions i don't even hear about so yeah. i would get those if i had an agent i don't currently have an agent because i yeah, i'm just too busy to be yeah. honest like i read this thing once that was like when you think you need an agent it's probably not the time you want an agent because oh wow yeah if you're sat around going i think i need an agent 
yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you're kind of like ironically when you're too busy to like manage your own schedule it's probably when you need one probably when you don't want probably because one. you've got so much work on yeah. so you don't, you don't need one yeah so I'm just kind of busy at the moment and I, I went to I was about to, so here's the biggie was that I gave up so I was working part-time in marketing still mm-hmm. when I was doing all this training to be an opera singer and I went full-time uh, self-employed freelance opera soloist so available for freelance yeah. classical and opera work in the September before covid really kicked in in the yeah. march so six months before yeah so i had like auditions i had an audition for an agent i had auditions for paris opera to be in the chorus i had um a couple of roles in this country lined up and obviously all of that stopped mm-hmm. and so that was the last time i really entertained the idea of an agent and then i just haven't thought about it since because, oh really yeah so if i would but if i if i did have a traditional opera agent they would be lining me up for these sorts of auditions in the big opera houses yeah but um i don't even see those auditions i work at this level where like i have there's a, sub- a subscription service audition oracle which is like 15 pound a month yeah um you get all sorts of opera and classical jobs on there so you'll get ones that are pay to sings even on there so you get everything from pay to sing through to a proper fee yeah and expenses and stuff yeah. so obviously i filter out now more of the stuff so i'm getting paid for yeah, it yeah of course and uh and then but most of my work comes from like recommendation or from doing something doing it again yeah doing fringe work and then being lined up for the same director for another show yeah and then doing my own show which i did which i premiered in june this year how's so, that it was amazing so Lockdown just made me think, do you know what? I just can't, I can't guarantee that there's an opera industry on the other side of this that looks anything like yeah. what I thought or what I've known. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's going to still be doing productions of Carmen, if they're going to want me for Carmen. Like, mm. I just can't guarantee that. But what I do know is I love performing for people. So I'm just going to find an op- any opportunity to perform for people. And then I was like, and I can do this and I can do this because like, obviously I can do sport and dance a bit and sing a bit yeah. and i even started i went to see emily sandy in um was the roundhouse the oh, yeah. do a little festival oh yeah 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 so i went to see her with my friend and i was like she can sing and play the piano i can sing and play the piano yeah, <laughs> yeah. i can do that yeah. emily sandy yeah uh why not so i went home literally learned a few like i'm really not good at the piano dan like really i was gonna really, say well we got one here so no, you're no, gonna no. have to play us out no i'm terrible <laughs> i'm absolutely dreadful but i was like but i can play a few chords because yeah. i can play enough to teach myself the operatic arias that i need to yeah, learn yeah and so i thought well i'll just play a few chords and write my own song just see what flows so i'll, I'll throw that into the show so the throw the show is a big mishmash of just everything i like you say that person who's just going ta-da yeah <laughs> yeah yeah how long is it an hour so an like, hour yeah. how long did that take to write i then? made it really fringy oh is it for uh, yeah is it specifically for the fringe no that's what that's what i've been thinking about lately i'm like i don't know what i want i don't i don't know what comes first like chicken and egg is it the show that goes to the fringe or is it that i want to do fringe and so i'll take the show yeah. it's actually it's the show needed to come into being and it happens that it's very fringy because yeah. it's like me t- poking fun at the stereotype of an opera singer it's called disgraceful cool oh great and the idea is that it's like me doing so i do um i dance while singing an aria so i do like sort of street dance <laughs> singing <laughs> an aria and then i do posh lady rapper so i do nice. the whole of what a man by oh, really? pepper and on vogue but like <laughs> really yeah very but very well enunciated yeah wow um 
and um not quite joanna lumley low but no it's of... more like this it's sort of very kind of oh, yeah nice. um, I'm trying to think of the, a bit of it so my man is smooth like barry and his voice got bass a body like arnold with a denzel face he's smart like that. oh that's great like a radio four yeah a little bit yeah <laughs> radio four rapper yeah like <laughs> that might be nice so but it's all bits and pieces oh want, great like don't focus on anything for too long and i do a little bit of it's a couple of moments where i pull back and just give a bit of myself and sing something popular yeah. from the heart not necessarily opera but like but jazz kind of oh nice stuff musical theater bit of everything how many revisions of the play was there did you write it and then go cool that's it done no <laughs> <laughs> yes no! <laughs> good <laughs> oh do you know what actually that was probably the worst so i did a version called graceful for friends and family okay and i just put it on like a party i just had this one night hired a hall we had uh, round tables very cabaret style seating Lovely. had fairy lights everywhere it was all people i knew um i think i did charge for tickets but i sort of it was sort of by invite and it yeah. and we gave everyone alcohol so that was free so, so the tickets would pay for the hall and pay for exactly the, yeah. so i just covered my costs and i just sort of thought if this broadly works me just going here's an hour of me doing stuff then i will consider what i really want to do with it because yeah. this was all before the sort of like radio 4 rapper and all the <laughs> other <laughs> yeah. ideas so this was just me just testing the water up can people stand an hour of me just, yeah singing and they loved it so everyone was Great. like what are you going to do next and i was like well i've got this plan to do something a bit a bit darker i mean yeah. you've seen me you know you've talked to me for a while now i'm not very dark no no not at all i mean um, your trainers are incredible oh uh, yeah that's about <laughs> you, you do have a good trainer collection they weren't, they weren't the last time i met you at they you had the i've got some white ones yeah with, just pure um, white ones with yeah, the with thing on it on as well yeah a little um what do you call them like lace what are they called like lace I don't know. Charms? Lace, lace charm maybe but these are like nike lace charms which i think sort of legitimize I mean, again them. for the podcast this does not <laughs> this doesn't, doesn't translate, translate. Does but yeah yeah, yeah basically um, <laughs> you're not you're not a very dark person at all no i'm not and um so where I, does that come from if you're writing a show called Disgraceful, yeah. you just instantly think, okay, this is going to be written by Nick Cave. <laughs> it's going to be music by Leonard Cohen in there. You know? yeah. yeah. So where does that where so, does it come from? I mean, I've always been this bouncy little, like, I was in... Actually, there's a bit in the show where I sing... Do you know the song um, I Want to Be Evil by Eartha Kitt? Yes. So I rework, I've done a parody of that at the beginning. I sort of give a very, very light touch life story. I'm kind of like, I was brought up nice from a very young age yeah. was taught not to shout or fly into a rage i wore blush satin dresses my hair in pigtails my teachers would say when she tries she never fails captain of rowing at an all-girls school and like and because i was supposed to go to cambridge <laughs> oh, so really? yeah so i was that was all kind of that was all my path i did i went to an all-girls private school was brilliant i loved school yeah. i think my adult life is always just me trying to recapture oh really oh lovely my school days because yeah, i love nice. them so much um just very very happy just always doing i'm the consummate hobbyist anything you can sort of try or start new i will yeah. and i'm always like doing a bit of everything and my teachers would say like okay you need to focus focus if on one thing and if yeah. you're going to get to cambridge you're like you're academia needs to come first you need to stop going to the river to row you need to stop mm. going to your drama lessons and your singing lessons and i was like no nah. <laughs> if someone tells you not to do something are you very much like uh no i'm not listening it's to that. exactly what yeah. yeah and never like but never in a bad i'm not like a rebel yeah. as such i'm just like a now you've made me want to do that thing more yeah. than anything else it's yeah. like and if someone tells me like don't buy those gold 
silver and white Nikes with the lace charms because they are obnoxious. I'm like, I want I'm them, buy them. more buy than two anything. Now. Wear <laughs> yeah. them on my hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what an idea. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. So there's always that like like side of me, but I'm very very. I'm generally like cheerful. Do you see the yeah. kind of light side of things? I move on from things quite quickly. I'm very sort. Of, I mean, I'm a bit a bit sort of zodiacy. So I do think. Uh, like I'm a Gemini, I fit all the traits of being sort of like changeable, happy okay, to change, yeah. happy to flex. Um, yeah, as I say, I can really quickly drop something and move on from it. But I think uh, I'd had this whole experience, this imposter syndrome thing, being learning opera and thinking, right, this is a really, I fit here because my voice fits here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was just, I was feeling sorry for you on the way up because I was listening to you and your hearing um, issues, your hearing yeah. sensitivity. And I was like, God, I must sound horrible for you <laughs> poor man no when i came no. in and recorded for yes. what he headphones who are for. shan't be mentioned yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway but um so I'd, I'd been through this whole process of like right well i i know vocally i'm right for it i know mm-hmm. dramatically i'm right for it i'm a, I'm a big we've already discussed i'm five foot nine 70 kilos i'm not small on stage so being on a big stage with a big voice with big orchestration suits me yeah but i feel like um i feel like i don't quite fit in this mold of classical singers I've come to it later. Like people, I would get turned oh. down a lot for jobs because I haven't, or well, my assumption is because I haven't been through conservatoire. I've done a degree, okay. but that was yeah. in classics. I've not done a degree in music. So if you put me next to, it's fair enough. You put me next to somebody who has, Yeah, broadly speaking, we sound the same. They're probably going to go with the person who's had conservatoire training. So I was like, I just don't quite fit that. And then I'd go to music festivals and people would stand up and do the thing of like, I'm going to sing from the marriage of Figaro, Leonardo de Figaro. I'm going to sing the part of Carabino. And this aria is all about, and I was like, that's just not how I want to present my performance. I want to be like, hi, I'm Grace. So here's what's going to (laughs) happen. That's good. Like a normal, relatable person singing opera. Yeah, like that's, that's the vibe you give off anyway. That's what I want, and but I thought oh, you mustn't do that. That you mustn't because it's opera. And it's, it's untouchable, opera. exactly, yeah. and that's what people are expecting. And then, and then it was really the whole pandemic that made me think, why does it have to be that way? So there was this blessing in it that once everything is thrown up in the air, yeah. it lands, and and it lands like you can piece it back together how you want. And I've kind of gone. Who's to say I can't stand up at a music festival? And I, yeah. I don't really do them anymore, but <laughs> yeah. Who's to say I can't do a J-Lo choreography to yeah. Rossini's Cenerentola? And what's nice about that is people who don't necessarily like opera will like you as a person. Yeah. And you're introducing them to opera through, you know, the Radio 4 rapper or the J-Lo version. Yeah, I hope so, yeah. Yeah, that's a nice that's a there's nice. Got one, to, I think there's always got to be that side of me that can still give the... Has there? I don't know. It's a question for me. But is there still the side of me that needs to give the the serious recitals that needs to mm. sort of offer the the sort of pure art form? Yeah. Because because there is still an audience for me like that. There's people that were patrons and sponsors when I was learning that they just constantly say, "When are you next doing a proper concert?" Yeah. Wow. And um, and I think I would miss that. I think I would really miss the opportunity to delve into 
that sort of Nick Cave place. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not like that. But to have the moments where I can see it when somebody else is writing and and sort of indulge in it a bit and go, no, we do. I mean, obviously, I do have dark moments. We all do. Yeah. And, yeah. and to be able to express that, sometimes I would miss it if I didn't do that. Yeah. So there's a bit of bit of both. <gasps> it's the Gemini me again. See you. Yeah. <laughs> the two sides <laughs> patreon.com forward slash dan parkinson music for advert free higher quality and early access to the stage fright podcast should talk about grant how you got involved with that yeah okay <laughs> was it good oh it's brilliant cool so thank brilliant. you very much thanks for coming <laughs> <laughs> smashes the mug so yeah he said that he didn't know who you were no so how did you get in contact with that, That's good, isn't it? I need to work play. on my brand building. Um, <laughs> <laughs> note to self. Um, website when I get home. <clears throat> so it's because I'd done Brighton Fringe with Tabitha. Yeah. So Tabitha's involved in the show. She was yeah. directing the first iteration. Yeah. She's probably going to end up in the show for yeah. the future iterations. Yeah. Um, so I'd worked with Tabitha on Brighton Fringe. I was in this show where it was about bees. Right. And this guy came up to me and said, I want to write a show about bees. Because we all love the bees, right? Yeah, so, yeah. All right, the show about bees. It's going to be a fringe play, but we want the queen bee to come on and sing terrifying opera every time she comes. On wow! Stage. And we want you. <laughs> We've <laughs> written the role for you. I was like, so it was really good. So I was in that with Tabitha, and then we sort of stayed stayed in touch. And and then she contacted me, and she just said, "I don't suppose you're free." Oh, it was a case of somebody had dropped out for this role right. in Grant's okay. musical, Are You Worthy? So she was like, I don't suppose you're free. And I actually was really busy, but I just oddly had this week completely free. Oh, really? I was like, I could, yeah, I'd be well up oh, for great. that. So she That's said, the universe, mate. Yeah, there it is again, eh? So she's <laughs> like, it's like a musical, but, you know, I'm sure you'll be well capable of... Actually, she asked me, interestingly, she was like, I don't know how it works. You've got, I've heard your opera voice. I know you can sing. You can hold a tune. I guess she was politely sort of saying, but are you going to be too operatic for yeah. this show sort of thing? Was it almost like, can you act as well? Yeah, it was, a little, was it? it was like, can you, can you tone it down? Oh, okay. And, <laughs> and do musical theatre slash pop slash kind of. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think I can. Because especially I've been working on my show. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, I was like, yeah, I really think I can. So I said, um, yeah, I think I'm up for it if you are. And then she's like, I'll put you in touch with Grant. He's like, hiya. I've got this thing. Like, I don't know. Like, oh, consider yourself cast. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> and um, so he was taking a chance, but he just wanted to get... because. A bit, I think we're quite similar in that respect that he'd written this thing and he was like, I just need to get it on stage. Yeah. And I was a bit like that with my show. I'm kind of like, I don't know get what it's going to be. Yeah. I just want it on stage. Then I'll work out what it is and where it's going. Yeah. So he was like, let's just get this on stage. If you've got the chops for it, like come and sing in it. So I turn up and we have this week of solid rehearsal. Just yeah. absolutely felt like it, like when I say it felt easy, I don't mean because yeah, what cause, Grant's written is. Yeah. <laughs> Is easy because but, of the people you were working with, yeah, just like a family kind of thing, wasn't it? Yeah, going back yeah. into, I love that sort of intimate fringe. Yeah. I love those sorts of audiences, that opportunities, because that really is that sort of frisson of that ev that night. You're not going to get back that yeah. what you were saying about your your friends' gig. This moment, let's just have this moment because yeah, it, yeah. it will be different tomorrow. Yeah. and I love that. And you get the privilege of you know when, when you tour a show like that, you get the privilege of that every night. See, a yeah, different little. That's a great, yeah. great thing. So how does it work then? You get sent. Do you get sent the script? 
And then you have to read through the whole script. Yes. Yeah, so I got sent. I got sent the script from Grant. I got sent um, demo tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I got sent a little bit, like, so in opera, I mean, you absolutely have to turn up knowing the score inside out. Yeah. You have to be off book. So you'll be in a different language. You've got to know mm-hmm. all the notes. You've got to know all the words. You've got to know everything. So that the rehearsals are really just stage direction. Yeah. Um, and if you've got your own coach, you have to have been working on your voice. Like any technical issues you've got with it is not, that company's problem that is your problem as a singer oh okay yeah so you turn up ready to sing that role yeah and um with grants it was just just a little bit different a little bit more relaxed probably it's mainly because it's in english and it's not a classical score there's no like heavy orchestration underneath Mm. so he doesn't have to worry about that (laughs) he sent me a few dots on the page and i was like then can i have more (laughs) <laughs> always after like more dots he's like oh, i don't know it just sort of goes like this like yeah and i'll be like okay great well then i'll just <laughs> um but then, then does that give like, that gives you an opportunity to be a bit more you with it then i guess you know what? that was so so welcome and he's never been any different he promised me from the beginning he said i'm really relaxed if you come in yeah. and you have an idea that i like yeah i'll go with it like i'm not precious and and he's been absolutely true to his word he i've gone in and kind of gone can we can i go there with that harmony and he's gone yeah, love it. Great. And I'm not 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 just because like oh great he's just gone with everything I've suggested. Like if no if it's been written differently he'll be like no no, no that's that that's how it goes, yeah. kind of goes like this and we'll just adapt it. But it really does feel like a collaboration. Yeah, and yeah, that's, that's, that's lovely. what I feel with him when when we're doing records and you can say to him how about this and sometimes he'll go nah I, that's not what I want. Yeah. Like, oh how about drums on this? And he'll go no it doesn't need drums and you go okay great and yeah it's, having a relationship like that is way more productive than everyone knowing what all the dots mean and yeah and, <laughs> and that communication but like there's also like oh god there are just so many gags that you're going to get in a show like that yeah that no one can write no one could prescribe no one can say what they're going to be until yeah. it happens in a rehearsal some and someone just goes that we need that yeah in it. we need that side eye from you or whatever it is yeah you know? yeah like, cool I so ha- have you worked with people on the opposite side of that who are very it's got to be like this 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 yeah and, this. and that's a bit of my problem with with opera it's such a shame i don't know how you get around it because of course they're like the purists that they mm. they know the score like the back of their hand they know the score that was i say the score that was written in the 1600s seven let's say 1700s but was it because it's yeah. been edited so many times since that it's been yeah. republished like was it anyway but you get people who kind of go there's actually a half a quavers like a semi quavers yeah. rest there yeah <laughs> i call it sweet child of mine syndrome like any guitarist that plays sweet child of mine right. everyone in the crowd knows that riff so well and that solo so well that one note out yeah. of time out of place is like oh he hasn't played the a flat there okay i see so with opera is it very much like you've got these elitists in the crowd yeah that you're also singing to yeah so do you have that in the back of your mind as well when you're singing and you're thinking yeah. actually i held that note for oh know, for sure be too long but well but how do you deal with that i don't know how what the uh, answer yeah. is because i've spent a lot of time learning those scores so if i go and watch somebody sing yeah Eugenia Nagin and I know the part of Olga or whatever and I know where the semi-crave arrest is I'm I'm probably gonna be that person yeah she didn't (laughs) (laughs) and I and so I sort of get it because I think yeah I've I've spent time learning that yeah so why am I not but but what then what what then but then so she didn't so I know yeah (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. 
And then if that's the case, then you may as well listen to the original recording if that's yeah. what people want to hear. Or just read the score to yourself and score hear it in your head yeah. perfectly. <laughs> Imagine that. Mm, that was wonderful. Music goes, yeah, everyone <laughs> at, a, at a show just gets given the score and they just read it and then they go home 30 minutes yeah. later. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? It's such a, it is such a thing that I just battle with constantly, like that idea of that you say the elitist purist people mm. who know the school how it should be sung and then you've got like the voices that people always say the voices that you remember and in opera terms you're talking about callas you're talking about pavarotti you're talking about these big names yeah. baganza and stuff these voices had Im- impurities they had they had faults they had yeah. flaws and that's what made them recognizable yeah. that's what made those artists legendary and it's like at what point do you cross over from being someone who just got it wrong <laughs> <laughs> or inten- intentionally did it another way yeah to being to being somebody iconic and you think you know those people did it because no one had done that before so i'm going into all these in that imposter syndrome phase where i was it was necessary i had to learn the craft but i'm going in and out of auditions and i'm going in and out of master classes and workshops where people are going no we're going to expect it like this at what point am i the person that did it differently and someone (laughs) went grace did it do you know grace loveless she does it like that like oh yeah 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 like and what point are you just being churned out as yeah yeah because i guess then that gets to a point where they could they could just get anyone just right do this exactly like this it's like there's no you're not going to see you're not going to see the singer you're going to you're going to see the dots on the page essentially you're going to hear the dots on the page played exactly but is that a thing as well are you going to see the opera as a whole and therefore there is no diva there's no kind of like there's no lead yeah in that situation you are going to see this thing play out you know yeah. how it plays out and you're going to go and watch that and be satisfied or are you going to see the next the next person who's just going to break the mold and and yeah. blow your mind because you've seen something you didn't think was possible or hadn't heard before like god it's so philosophical <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about my Patreon, where for the price of half a coffee a month, you will get early ad-free versions of the podcast in a higher quality, as well as a load of behind-the-scenes photos and audio that I've been told to say are NSFW, which I don't know what it means, but people have it on their OnlyFans accounts. Apparently, I, I, I don't know, I've been, I've been told that. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music. You can also get the app on your phone so you can listen to my voice wherever you may be. My Patreon has a pay-what-you-can scheme where all tiers are the same. The aim of this is to have more Patreons paying the smaller fee a month and not pricing people out, which in turn will pay for the show and help it run and run until the end of time. (laughs) Anyway, let's get back to the show. Do you want to talk about your podcast? Oh, a little bit, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to bring? Yeah, yeah. So, um, is that okay? How's that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's God. It's nothing like yours. Why? Well, because yours is all professional. And stuff. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds great. I've really enjoyed this. I obviously I've only just met you, so I haven't listened yeah. to much of it. But I'll continue to oh, work wicked. my way through it. I've listened to one where you were on your own, and you were like, "Is yeah. this interesting?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a weird one. That's because I've always listened to podcasts where there's always two of them, or yeah. if there's one one person, they're telling a story or whatever. And then when you, because putting effort into a podcast is quite a, takes a, quite a bit of time. Yeah, like even just like the interview is 
you know two hours long yeah. or whatever and then you've got all the editing and stuff after that well i i do all that kind of stuff so do you yeah. do all that kind of stuff or do you leave, yeah. do you leave it as is it just started because my friend and i we always thought we were quite funny and yeah. we we always wanted to do something we sat down once to write a, like a sitcom or something mm-hmm. it's when we were like 20 yeah and it was rubbish and we couldn't agree on anything <laughs> we we're like oh this would be so funny and she's like no that's not funny how do we get on in a day day's weird isn't it like our sense of what's funny for other people is different yeah. anyway so we were like look we've got to do something because we're training so much we're spending so much time together we've got all these sort of in jokes that are bouncing yeah. off we're like let's just let's just try a podcast how hard can it be so we just we started to document our journey towards the first iron man that we did we we're in lockdown as cool. well so i had loads of time yeah so i said yeah fine i'll be responsible for sorting out the recording and and, and editing it afterwards i'm just editing in iron movie which is like so oh, really? embarrassing do you do, do you, is it a video podcast then is it no you, but i just don't know i don't do feel comfortable Zoom, yeah? with anything else because i'm because i've used iMovie yeah before so i just go with what i know iMovie for audio that's, that's i mean it works so look it, it it's matter. out there yeah <laughs> what's it called what's the podcast com- called confession triumph, triumph so t-r-i O-O-M-P-H. Like, oh, oomph. try oomph. Yeah, oh, yeah, cool. Nice. Uh, so we just, we started doing it when we were going into the first Iron Man and we kept a couple of like bonus episodes in between times and now we're yeah. ramping up again to the second one. Cool. Um, so we've got, yeah, we've got a few listeners now and stuff. But, do, um, do you find it helps you, because um, you're working with the Iron Man, well, not with the Iron Man, you're working up to the <laughs> Iron Man. Did it help you with training? Did it help you with getting up in the morning and going, oh, God, I've got to go training? Yeah, it helps you be accountable for sure. Yeah. And it helps you like... Um, it just gives us a chance to reflect actually on how far we've come. Yeah. It gives you that kind of analysis that you sort of need to do for each other. So we're yeah. like, how would you swim? Oh, it was all right, actually. Yeah, I think I was getting better at it. Like, and all that work I do on myself around my performance career in journals anyway. But this yeah. is an opportunity to sort of like speak it. But um, we do need to, we actually need to get some more interviews on there because otherwise it's just us larking about really. Um, but we've had <laughs> lots of people saying they enjoy listening to it. They know nothing about sport. Yeah. They just like listening to our banter because we do try and keep it on the clueless side of yeah of sport. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, cool. Because we're not like we don't purport to know all about the science of sport. We pick up little bits here and there. Yeah, uh, and then we just sort of like bandy around. Those I ideas. think that that's what works. Um, some people listen to this. Yeah, not in the creative industry or they're yeah. not into music or anything, but they just like listening to the to the interviews and what goes into it, which is kind of the point of I guess our shows is getting behind the scenes and yeah. saying okay this is what actually goes into you yeah. can't just turn up at iron man and go right i'm gonna do this yeah you have to you know there's all the back door of uh, okay what actually goes into this that's like my public speaking that's what it is lifting the curtain on what yeah. goes on how what it takes to become an opera singer and people are just like fascinated because they're not doing it day to day so yeah. they're just like really you have yeah. to do that you have to go to germany yeah. to audition or whatever like yeah. just interesting and you, you do sometimes have to take a step back don't you and realize actually the job i'm doing is quite all right it's yeah quite, it's quite a nice little job really like <laughs> yeah. i get to you know go and play guitar one day and then go and sit on stage another yeah. day. it's quite nice it is that thing like i said to you earlier and you're like really like when i was saying my coach i said don't make it so monumental it just is mm. it's like I'm just I've just happened to be able to sing yeah. and hold a tune like and I'm going to do that for you now like that's yeah. all it is I doesn't <laughs> yeah. have to be like <sighs> yeah <laughs> the clenched fist singer yeah like, all that kind of stuff like yeah it's, it's crazy how, how much people don't know about it like my mum didn't know how recording works she just thought people came into a room played the song and then left and then left and I, I sort of I was what like, bit was baffling then like editing and yeah like I said oh no what you do you, re- you record the drums first and yeah then, 
be called the bass song after that. And then yeah. she, she, she didn't understand it. And this is not me taking the piss out of her. This is me realising, oh, not a lot of people know yeah. the ins and outs of how this, yeah. of how this industry I'd works. I'd love to pick your brain on what you do because I just say... Yeah. I don't know what I do. <laughs> just make it up <laughs> like, as I go along. Just, yeah, that absolutely blows my mind as well. But And, and that's, again, with my talks, it's like the... That's why I add in the blowing raspberries because yeah. blowing raspberries is such a fundamental... When you're a classical singer, it's like where you start. So you're like... And then you're like... So you take the raspberry out, and you yeah. go into a lip trill, and like that's a really standard okay, cool. warm up. Like literally, um, if I'm somewhere and I don't have very long to warm up, that's my go to. Yeah. And loads of singers, you see potentially in London, you see singers walking down the street doing it on the way to yeah. an audition. For me, that's such a standard thing. But when I say it in my talk, people absolutely guffaw. They're like, yeah. "Oh my goodness, you look crazy!" Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, I'm really used to seeing myself like yeah. doing this," but. And like you say, it's not because they're not because they're silly. It's just because they it's just they're they not don't doing know. it. They don't, yeah, yeah they, they don't they don't know what goes into it. Like if we, if, if we were to build a house, we'd be like, oh, cool, just put a load of bricks on top of each other. Like, <laughs> yeah. it'd be fine. Yeah. Like, no, no, you need to do a little bit more stuff, a yeah. bit more prep than just putting oh, bricks no. on top. My husband's a builder, and that is that that is all there is to that's it. All, that's all yeah. there is to it. Oh, sweet. Yeah, simple. It'll all be AI soon anyway. We'll be living in AI houses, so we'll all be redundant. Okay. Patreon.com forward slash. Dan Parkinson Music. The questions, yeah. if you want. Okay, I look forward to the questions. Um, yeah, okay, some of these are like, what band could phone you up now and say the gig is tonight, can you do it? But we can't really have band, can we? You could say... What show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I'll, yeah I'll do that. Yeah, oh, I'll go and do Wicked. I'd definitely be musical theatre, it wouldn't even be opera. <laughs> awesome. If they just said... Yeah, if someone phoned you tonight and said, this show is tonight, can you do it? You know all the songs. Yeah. Can you do it? Yeah, I'll go and do Wicked. Yeah. (laughs) Paint my face green, I'll be there. And yeah, you play play The Witch. Alphaba, yeah. Nice. (laughs) It's really different from all your other cool responses. This is great. This is great um, because I don't know what the... If someone said to me, oh, um, Blink-182, I'd be like, oh, yeah, cool, I can understand why, because you grew up with Blink-182. But being from like a theatre background, I don't know. So that's why why it's quite... Well, it's lovely and interesting to me. That's like a fully off-the-cuff response. I, I didn't know I was going to say that. Oh, really? Yeah. I really wouldn't. <laughs> like, if you gave me too long to think about it, I'd completely change my mind. All right. Okay, what artist did you instantly connect with after first hearing? <laughs> no, I've got, I've got no, I was going to say the wrong, the wrong answer then. You were going to say the wrong answer? What's your answer? I was going to say somebody I connected with after too long. So, um, no. Oh, right, no. Like, thinking first, about it. first, first listen. hearing. Oh, do you know what I've got? Oh, now I'm going to say her name wrong. I'm going to say something like current because I feel like I say too many old <laughs> okay, yeah. fashion things. Uh, is it Brooke Combe? Com- I don't know. Okay. Should we, should we Google it? Yeah, Google it. But it's the pronunciation because I think it's like C-O-O-M-B-E. She does a version of... I'd say Brooke Combe. I actually, I'm embarrassed that I don't still don't know how to pronounce her surname. Where is Brooke Combe from? Scotland. Yeah. She's Scottish. Yeah, I'm guessing it's... Coombe. Coombe, yeah. Coombe. 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 I can't do it. I can't do that. Anyway. uh, Yeah, so I heard her in lockdown when I was writing my show and she did this version of Yes Sir, I Can Boogie and I just thought it was absolutely stunning. I thought her voice was amazing and I just thought to take that song, which is so like iconic in its ridiculousness and it's like, and whatever people think of it, I just, I just thought she's brilliant. Oh, and I great. just really felt like a connection, like, yeah, I know what you're doing. So anyone who's going to listen to that now, it's C-O-M-B-E, Coom or Comb. I was like, you're saying C-O, just one O. 
C O M B. Yeah, that's yeah. what's confusing, isn't it? Yeah. Brookcomb. I think if you say it with a Scottish accent, you just brush over it. You, you're like, quite good at accents. I, I do like an accent. <laughs> that's true. Um, I could have actually done about four <laughs> interviews today just with different <laughs> yeah. accents of you. <laughs> yeah, you could have taken those off. You could have been free for You did four a Grant Sharkey accent. You did Joanna Lumley. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What advice would you give to your younger self? Um. Oh, it just really is like, don't worry. I know it sounds so obvious, doesn't it? Mm. But just don't worry what other people think of yeah. you. Like, That's just put it one, out yeah. there as yeah. you are. Like, that is who you are. Like, mm. Mark was saying on his artists worry too much about putting out the wrong song. For sure. So, if, like, if you're a hip hop artist and then you put out an acoustic song, they're worried that people are going to go, oh, it's not what I do. And it's like, but you're doing it. That's so, what you it do. is what you do. Yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I just feel like I spent so long and I. I don't want to regret it and I don't want to think it wasn't valuable because that's a sad road to go down. Mm. And we sort of touched on it before. I said I needed to go through all that training. I needed to go through all those workshops and masterclasses where people taught me what opera singers do. But fundamentally, what I do now is what I do now, mm. which is a little bit of, <laughs> ta-da, hi, I'm Grace. Yeah. I'm going to dance, but I'm also going to sing for you. Oh! <laughs> okay that's, and that's, that's okay i'm really happy with that yeah good that's lovely what's one project you're very proud to be a part of i was gonna say grant sharkey's are you worthy but i just think that's gonna to sound that. so <laughs> yes yeah. okay apart from grant sharkey's are you worthy uh, apart from grant sharkey's are you worthy yeah. um yeah i did a i did a project for pamela howard obe so she's a opera director sort of visual artist visionary so when she creates a show she creates the whole thing wow she's in her 80s i hope she's okay i haven't checked in with her for a while wow she's the most incredible woman like she just keeps going and keeps working she lives down in selsey do you know, no, I don't know um selsey. outside chichester and they have these um like railway carriage houses on the seafront she lives in one of those they're really oh, wow. iconic so i stayed with her for a project and she was in platform a and i was in platform <laughs> b or whatever like it was really lovely anyway she created this thing called uh the ballad of the cosmo cafe so she wrote like a zingspiel do you know zingspiel like a sp- no. it literally means um zingspiel Deutsch, yeah, um, means like spoken songs, sing talk. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah. it, the, the idea is there's sort of music and orchestration underneath, but you're just kind of like over the top. There's no nice. real melody, there's no real rhythm. And she created this thing and it was all about this cafe on the Finchley Road in London and it had become this haven for exiles from the Nazi-occupied Europe. Right. So you've got all sorts of characters, um, philosophers, artists, people coming over from Europe that had been kicked out of their homes and their homelands. And it had this reputation back in, um, I'd say it was probably something like the, its heyday might have been like the 1940s. It's not there anymore, but there's a blue plaque. It's now one of those sprinkles gelato ice cream. Oh, is it? <laughs> Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, it's got a history of uh, like Freud used to hang out there and wow. um, sort of spout off. <laughs> yeah. And so she created this scenario and the, the audience were like in the cafe and then we were all characters that came in and out of the cafe and sort of ordered things and we were in there day in, day out. You're not in there to order coffee or food. Right. You're in there to chat to yeah. other like minds. It was such an incredible project to learn about the cafe itself, to yeah. learn about the people that frequented it, to play one of the people. So I played like a an exiled um, opera singer from the Vienna State Opera nice. whose husband had been carted off to a concentration camp and she'd been kicked out of Austria. So it was really fascinating. Oh, wow. Anyway, that's it. That's great. What was it but called? She wrote the part for me. Uh, it was called The Ballad of the Cosmo Cafe. Yeah. And she we only per- performed it once in London and then the pandemic hit so we couldn't uh. give it another 
go. But it was, she'd written the part for me and because she's a visual artist, she'd painted my character. So I've got a painting of hers of what my character should look like and what the costume should be. And it is, it's me like singing. So yeah. That's a lovely thing to have as well. Yeah. She's incredible. That's great. No, I love that. Yeah, and lastly, what have you got coming up? What are you working on? So I'm working on Cinderella at the moment, Rossini's Cenerentola, which is Cinderella. Um, I'm going to France to do it. I'm going to rehearse in London next week and the week after. Then I go over to France for one performance just outside Paris. It's a shortened version. I'm an ugly sister. I've done it before, (laughs) typecast. I'm really good at it. (laughs) We and think you'd be perfect as the ugly sister. <laughs> oh, great, thanks. Yeah, you're like, Cinderella, Cinderella. Oh, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sort of co-producing it, so a little bit involved in oh, costumes nice. and uh, marketing design and stuff for it. Uh, we're doing it so that Cinderella and the prince, uh, they speak with sign-supported English, like a version of sign language. Oh, wow. Because um, my, my in-laws, when they were alive, they were both deaf. Okay. So I did a bit of sign then. I've got an affinity with the sort of deaf community and... Um, Sort of promoting BSL on any kind of forms wow. of communication. Um, and so is my friend who's also a producer. She's got links with the deaf community. So we're, we're doing that. The idea is that like Cinderella and the Prince can communicate in that way. And uh, that's why the others, there's such a jar with the ugly sisters and that because they're like, we don't get They don't know what's you. going on. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. What are you doing? Great. So, and that's coming back to Camden Fringe in Highgate, 3rd to the 6th of August. Then I go to Edinburgh with Grant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's how i should forever say his name with that intonation <laughs> grant sharky okay to edinburgh with him and then um and then i come back and do some classical stuff locally and then i'm thinking about what to do in my show great lovely and yeah. in between that are you doing the podcast oh gosh and then the iron man yeah. yeah yeah so so five more episodes of the podcast leading up to the iron man on yeah. the first of october yeah wow yeah mate that's great and it's been really nice to chat and hear what goes into your... God, I feel like I've just mic. talked at you. No, that's great. No, that's... So basically, for some <laughs> reason, my thing stopped recording before I said bye. So, bye. <laughs> bye then. <laughs> no, honestly, mate, thank you so much for, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. Because um, when you start talking about yourself, you do feel like... Going back to my solo podcast, when I was just talking about myself, I sort of started thinking... Well, this is boring. No one's going to want yeah. to listen to this. Oh, do you know what? I'm glad you had that experience. And I've listened to that and I enjoyed it. So oh, really? I'm, Great. I'm yeah. comforted. Good. I just thought a moment, so I was just going off and I just so in my head. I feel like I'm in a little bubble at the moment of a lot of things. And all joking aside, I really am giving myself a hard time about this ride because I've got to do it. Mm. So now all I've done is delayed the inevitable. Yeah. I've got to find four hours somewhere else in my week now, which I don't really have <laughs> yeah. to do the ride. And so it actually is like... You know, constantly just questioning yourself and beating yourself yeah. up so i do feel a little bit in a bubble and i feel like you've just got the brunt of that <laughs> no mate, no it's been really good it's genuinely been really interesting just to hear what goes on with your work so thank okay. you for coming in and sharing no oh, thank you thanks thank for having you. me that was part two ah uh, one take blunder man that was part two with grace loveless on the stage front on the stage fright podcast <laughs> go follow grace's podcast on instagram at triumph t-r-i underscore o-o-m-p-h to keep up to date with her iron man adventures and what grace is doing musically on her own instagram at grace loveless let's try and do this as quick as i can right right 
this is going to be terrible. If you'd like to help out the show, please sign up to my Patreon, where for the price of half a coffee a month, you'll get early ad-free, high-quality access to the pod, as well as some extra bonus bits and conversations. Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music. Email me, any th- uh, email me any thoughts and ideas you might have for the pod at allrightstagefright at gmail.com. And find us on Instagram at the Stage Fright Podcast and Twitter too. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And thank you for listening. I'll, s- I'll see you in the next one. Thanks. Bye.